experiencing true life in Christ as we trust and grow in God's grace. My name is Sean Galloway, and welcome to Grace Conversations, where I get to talk about what it looks like to have all you will ever need in Jesus, no strings attached. Welcome again to Episode 3 of Grace Conversations. I am so thankful to be your host again. This is such an honor to get to do, and I am very, very excited about our topic today. Isn't it so good that God's grace just doesn't get old? I mean, no matter what you're struggling with, if you're in an up in your life, if you're in a down in your life, if you're happy, if you're sad, I want you to know and I want you to be encouraged by the fact that the Lord is right there. He's right there with you every step of the way, and He promises to walk with us in every situation because He's a good, good Father. We have a very special and very important topic to hit today with all kinds of key points, all kinds of scriptures, plenty and plenty of scriptures actually. So as we march along, feel free to read the scriptures for yourselves on your own time or hit pause, whatever you need to do. Pray and ponder over those and be willing to to let the Spirit grow you in whichever way that He sees fit. I promise that the growth that comes from the Spirit is a lot better than the one that I can offer you. Today, I want to introduce a little bit about my past and what I grew up hearing in the church, what I was taught, and kind of how that revolutionized and grown into what it is today. Anytime we learned anything in Sunday school with all the donuts and the candy and the craziness, my parents were Sunday school teachers, so it was usually crowd control, but eventually you get to the topic or the the main story for the day. And usually we hung around the Old Testament. We learned about Samson. We learned about David. We learned about Moses. We learned about all these really cool Bible characters. And then at some points, you know, in the lesson, most Sundays, then we'd kind of get to, well, Jesus loves you, and He died on the cross for your sins. And I'm very thankful for the teaching that I had as I grew up and as I was real little, and um, it has given me the start into understanding what I know today and how I am growing today. There's certainly not a finish line reached on this end of the microphone. We all have so much growing to do. Um, I never did whenever I believed in Jesus as a young man, uh, I never did have like the Saul to Paul experience, right? Like I wasn't like this super bad, crazy kid that nobody could get a hold of and then finally found Jesus and they went, ooh, thank God, because that kid needed it. I was more of the, the follow the rules kid from the get-go. I wanted to, you know, be on a good playing field with everybody and everybody like me, but uh, I didn't have this big transformation of action Whenever um, I believed in Jesus, all I knew is, is uh, you know, I'm <laughs> sitting in one of our youth rooms and this extra speaker that I haven't heard before comes up and basically says, hey, you want to get saved. You need to talk about how bad you are, how you've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if you'll just say this prayer and believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, then you're good to go and you move on. And I did that. Didn't quite, you know, uh, understand what all that meant. I just did what the guy said because he said, that's what you have to do to get to heaven. And I said, yeah, that's what I want. And that's where we went from there. Um, and whenever I had this this moment, there were a lot of people around me that had their time to accept the Lord in that moment as well. And they, they were very emotional. They had the, the very, you know, big erupted crying taking place. And, you know, they, they were thinking about their past and thinking about Jesus. I guess they were more mature than I was because I didn't have any of those feelings. I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on here? Why is everybody crying? Um, 
And from then on, I kind of left it alone. I, uh, you know, I, I basically wrote it off as I said the prayer. I did what I was supposed to do, and I kept going forward. Um, but after a while, I started to kind of question, did that moment when I was little, when that guy told me and walked me through that prayer, was that really the moment that I got saved? Or, you know, was, was my transformation real, even though I didn't cry? Or was my transformation real, even though I didn't have like a, a really bad kid experience to a really good kid experience? What's going on here? As I grew in my faith and got a little older and started hearing some different perspectives, I came to the conclusion that all of mankind has two major issues when we come into this world. And the first one is a very obvious one. We have all heard it is sin. We have the effect of sin stained in all of us ever since from Adam and Eve eating of the fruit. We come into the world sinful and separated from God. It's deathly. It's wrecked our relationship with a perfect God. It keeps us from experiencing Him. It hurts our families, our friends, our livelihoods. And then the second thing is, is we have a spiritual death problem. Sin brought in this death that is spiritual and everlasting. We are without God, and that means we don't have life, and that means we are walking and breathing, but spiritually inside we are dead because there's a void inside of us that has not been filled. In other words, as I grew, I knew there was something more to it than Jesus died on the cross. There's something more to this grace. So what does grace do for you? That's our topic for today. What does grace do for you? What did grace do for me the day that I accepted the Lord? In other words, we need to find out what alleviates us from this sin problem and this spiritually dead problem. Anyone, including the devil himself, can say Jesus died on the cross right? Like, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to do that. An agnostic can say it. An atheist can say it. A Hindu can say it. A Muslim can say it. Anybody can say Jesus died on the cross. But what grace has done for you and what it's done for me personally, and first and foremost, is that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He didn't just die on the cross. He wasn't just some man that died. This is the Son of God who died on the cross for your sins and for mine Remember, our first big issue is that we have sin, and that sin has wrecked our relationship with God. So what did Jesus do with them? Colossians 2.14 says it very very plainly, "...having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross." In other words, we are legally bound to sin without grace. We're bound to it. We're stuck to it. We're a slave to sin, as Paul puts it in the book of Romans. We are legally bound to sin, and legally before the God of the universe, we are sentenced to death for eternity in a place called hell. Grace for you and grace for me is Jesus taking our sins away legally or canceling the charge of our legal indebtedness by nailing it, by nailing our wrongdoings and our mistakes to the very tree he hung on for our sake. Wow. Believe it or not, this isn't even the extent of the gospel message. Made personal for you, there's even more that takes place. In fact, Jesus says this. It's very, very potent language. He says, Matthew 16, 20 and 24, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is a very known scripture. A lot of people have quoted it all over the place. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. So what life are you losing? The old life, the one that was a slave to sin. Remember that one? The one that you don't have, the the life that does not live within you because it's stained by sin. That old self or that old version of you, that old slavery to sin self, that's the one we want to get rid of. We're not trying to save that life. We want, to lose, we want to lose that life. And he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So how does that old version of you that's an enemy of God get fixed? Well, the, the answer to that is where was Jesus going when he picked up his cross? And then whenever he said, pick up your cross and follow me, where are we following Jesus to? Well, he's going to die. Well, why did he die? Well, we learned in Colossians 2 just now, he died to take away our sins. He died so that legally he could cancel the charge of our legal indebtedness. Then he says, you and that old you that's legally dead before the Father in heaven, spiritually go and take that old you, that slave to sin you, get rid of that person, kill them, and then they are gone. Kill that person, crucify the old you. What grace has done for you and for me is it has first killed our old selves. When you place your faith in Jesus that what he did on the cross worked, you picked up your cross and personally, spiritually took your cross and followed him to the grave and killed the old you. Paul says in Galatians 20, as he explains that the works of the law does not earn rightness with God, just like me as a little kid and my being a good kid didn't earn me heaven, I had to receive grace. He says, I have been crucified with Christ in Galatians 2.20, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what has grace done for you? It's killed the old you. You've been crucified with Christ. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. The old me is gone. He's gone. That old me was condemned. That old me was sinful and was stained by sin and was spiritually dead. I need that person to die. Now, it is not the old you that's alive anymore, but it's Christ in you that now lives. Man, be to glory for God for that. Now that takes us to the next huge part of God's grace that's sadly overlooked. We, we usually hear about it on Easter Sunday, and this is the other part of the gospel that I didn't know about when I was little. I was told that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and usually there was a period at the end of that statement, and we didn't talk about this other part, and that's that He rose from the grave, right? You hear about He rose from the grave on Easter Sunday, but it didn't click. It didn't understand for the first time until someone else told me In Romans 5, 9, and 10, I'm sorry, Romans 4, 25 says, He was delivered over to death for our sins. We got that part. But then afterwards, if you keep reading, it says, and was raised to life for our justification. In other words, Jesus wasn't just showing off waking up. It wasn't just an expression of power. In fact, He was raised to life for us, for our justification. In other words, we needed Jesus to wake up just as badly as we needed Him to die on the cross for our sins. So not only do we need Jesus to die for our sake, we needed Him to resurrect for our sake. We needed Jesus to wake up, not just to show off His power, 
but so that we could be justified. Now, Romans 5, 9 and 10 says, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Verse 10, For if we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him. For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through death of His Son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? So how do we solve big problem number two? The first problem is sin, and we found out that sin was taken away on the cross by Jesus dying for it. Now how do we solve big problem number two that we all have? We're all spiritually dead when we come into this world. Well, if we stop at grace being Jesus dying for you, the best me and you ever get is we're a forgiven dead person. We've been forgiven by believing in Jesus and that He died on the cross for our sins. We picked up our cross and followed Him into death. And that's it. That's where we stop. But no, our Savior is alive. How much more will we be saved by His life? And then He woke up by the power of God. Now we are forgiven from sin, and then by His resurrection we are justified, and now we are made alive. Isn't that awesome? We needed the resurrection. So it's not just Easter Sunday to celebrate that our Savior is alive. It's every day our Savior is alive and His life lives in you. He, we have resurrection life. We have been co-crucified, co-buried, and co-resurrected with Christ. In other words, the old us that needed to die off and be crucified, that person is dead and gone. That person is over. That person is no longer the one that is alive walking today. If you're a believer, that person is away with. And a new you, the new identity, the new self, the new purpose, you are now alive because Christ lives in you, not sin. That is a good set of news. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, as we kind of wrap this thing up in a bow, says, And you also were included in Christ. I love that word, included. We were excluded from Him. We were enemies of Him. And then, because of what He's done, we are included in Him. And how do we know we've been included? Well, it says, When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. What's the gospel? That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So when you heard that message, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal. Who's that seal? It is the promised Holy Spirit. And that's our last thing that happens to us. We've been given the Holy Spirit. It's not just Jesus died on the cross. It's that Jesus died on the cross for you and that we went and died our old self with Him and the new us woke up by the resurrection power of God, by the life given by the Holy Spirit. And He, in verse 14, the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. Man, that is some good news. That is grace. That is the gospel. So finally, we've been included in Christ by His free gift. We have been given new life and a seal, which is the new Holy Spirit within us. He is a seal as in a seal on a crate. And let me explain this to you just very briefly. This is kind of what the Ephesians were going through. There was a dock that led up to Ephesus. And whenever someone would go to get raw goods off of a boat, it would be in a crate usually. And each one of those crates would have a wax seal on it. 
And that wax seal would let you know that if it had your symbol on that wax seal, then that's your crate. So whenever you translate that into a way that we have to read it today, whenever we hear that when you believed you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, that means whenever God looks at you, Christian, whenever God looks at you, believer in His Son, whenever God looks at you, co-crucified, co-buried, and co-resurrected, He looks at you and sees that Holy Spirit within you, and He says, that's mine. Just like you'd look at that crate and say, that's got my seal on it, that's my crate. He looks at you, He sees His Holy Spirit within you, and He says, that's my seal, that is my person. We have been included in Christ. And that Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Man, if you ever wonder just how safe and secure you are, you are with the Holy Spirit who is a deposit that guaranteed your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. You are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And it's all thanks to God, not our good actions, not our good works. We couldn't do anything to earn this. All we can do is receive this truth by faith. So to wrap up, what has God's grace done for you? Well, first it offered forgiveness by what Jesus had done on the cross. By choosing to spiritually follow or to go be Jesus' disciple, we choose to go and take up our cross and our old self and to go and die with Him. We picked up our cross to follow Him. We now have lost our old life for His sake so that we may have new life. We got rid of the old sinful version of us that was captivated and was a slave to sin. Then, as Jesus awoke by the power of God, thankfully, He did so for us so that by that same power that lived within Him, we now have become alive because Jesus lives in us. And finally, we receive the Holy Spirit. That is our seal of approval, our deposit that guarantees our inheritance. Thanks be to God for what grace has done for us. I hope this encourages you today. I hope this is something that maybe you've never heard before, how the gospel and grace is made personal to you because it is that good of news. Have a great week. Thank you for listening, and remember, God's grace was good enough yesterday, is bigger than today, and it's not going anywhere. Go love others like you were loved by the King, and we'll talk more about it next week.